In a world in crisis, can three idiots find hope in the darkest of places? Will love conquer all, or will hate win out in the end? This is a show called Hate. Welcome to A Show Called Hate, a podcast in which we explore love, hate, and everything in between in search of greater meaning and perhaps a little perspective. I'm John. I'm Nick. Oh. Oh. No. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ASMR episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. No Chris today. Yeah, no Chris. That was a gap for, uh, like, Tears and mm. sadness. There mm. was none, so uh, we'll move on. I guess. Just let the feeling. <laughs> just let <laughs> just it. Watch <laughs> I think I'm done. I'm over it. Yeah. Um. Our good uh, colleague, Chris Ray. That's generous. Uh, <laughs> colleague. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, isn't here today uh, for reasons. Yeah. You know? I don't think we even know what they are. No, he didn't want to be. No, he didn't. Mm. Yeah, he just didn't want to. And it was very hard to argue <laughs> with. Uh, if not his logic, but certainly his uh, passion. Mm. So here we are in Scared. That's our, that's our dedication. Yeah. And um, now, Nick, I don't know about you. We were just commenting uh, off air. Indeed. Just how, just how good the audio is today. Without Chris. Without Chris Ray. Yeah. yeah and also yeah. Uh, because my, uh, my crippling uh, foam pad addiction mm. has moved up the walls of the home studio onto the ceiling. It's like a creeping fungal infection. In your in in your studio room. Now I'm glad you brought that up, Nick. Of all people, not yeah. being a fan of anything living, no, or anything, anything that grows that on it, a surface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anything that exhibits the the core tenets of life. That is to say, Mrs. Gren. Mrs. Gren, yes, yeah, Mrs. Gren. Yeah. yeah, she's great. Yeah, I don't like any of those sorts of things. So yeah, so for me to use a fungal infection as an analogy was quite uh, a leap for me. Mm. But um, every time I come into this room to record, it, it it's developing as a podcasting studio. I like it. It's good. Thank you. Yeah. And I think um, because I am actually running out of <laughs> bare wall space uh, with which to glue mm. foam tiles onto, I think it may actually just start kind of creeping up the table. Like next time I visit, you'll be wearing a jacket made out of foam pads. Like, hello, please come in. Oh, God, it's happened. <laughs> uh, if you look to the left, your souks are waiting for you. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> of course, please buddy up because you will need to glue yourself in. Um but it's weird, isn't it? Because like I, for episodes, I've been complaining now. I said, oh, you know, the dream of having a home studio and it's going to sound amazing, but I'm not quite there. It's not quite, you know, always little tweaks, always little improvements. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of telling that we actually reach what can only sound to the listener as a kind of like audio nirvana. Indeed. At the exact same time that Chris Ray is not with us. Yeah, coincidence? Co- mm. I think not. So when he does come back next, don't tell him this. He no, no, no. When he comes back next week, I'll uh, purposefully do a really bad job of recording it. Okay, great. And so it will sound awful. So then we can cement the fact that he is not only surplus to requirements, but actually just but making it worse. Responsible for the problems. Yeah, Actively yeah. hurting the show. In fact, what we should do is, is not really call that much awareness to it. And let the audience start to realise that whenever Chris Ray is on the podcast, there's a notable dip in quality. Mm-hmm. And just let that just let that sink, just let that marinate in the minds of our listeners and maybe there'll be a revolt. I don't I, mean, I don't want to say revolt, listeners. I'm not mm. telling you to revolt, like like sort of explicitly telling you. But in a way, you could sort of read between the words I'm saying and just maybe think for yourself whether a revolt is something you want to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe think for yourself for once. Maybe still <laughs> wait for us to tell you what to love form, and hate. Maybe form your own opinions. Yes, yeah, Jesus. Who cares about ours? Yeah. So my hate is 
opinions, people. Sheep. Just me. Um, I guess in the interest of full disclosure, we should point out that um, I'm recovering from a cold, which has kind of settled on my chest. Mm. So I feel a bit kind of breathy. Yes. Although that may just be the weight of disappointment I'm feeling. That Chris yes. Ray isn't here Probably today. that. It's probably that. Uh, and you are um, asthmatic. Yes, and recovering from cheese. Oh, yes, we should talk about cheese. We should talk about the cheese. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> the elephant in the room. <laughs> we um, uh, we were uh, last evening. We went. There's a trend. Chris Ray was meant to join us yesterday evening. Oh my and god, he wasn't there. The mystery deepened, <laughs> and the audio quality was amazing <laughs> in that pub. Oh yeah, last night audio was incredible. So we went to a cheese and I was going to say a cheese and audio festival, a cheese and alcohol. I'd festival, go to that. A cheese and cider festival, uh, mm. and we turned up and we were just you know we were both like. Mm, work's been hard. We need to unwind. We need a drink. We need to. We need to drink. <laughs> and uh, I am what many people would call a seasoned alcoholic, whereas Function. you are yeah. new to the craft. Yeah, and... I'm learning. I'm under your wing. I'm your padawan of alcoholism. <laughs> new and, to the craft. <laughs> uh, so we go to the bar and we're like, um, "What's what's good?" Yeah. What can you recommend? Hey man, what's good? I can only assume he took an instant disliking to us because he said, "Why don't you try this?" It's called uh... iodine. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he poured us a pint of what uh, appeared to be made of apples. He called it Janet's Jungle Juice. Oh, you've said it now. Yeah. We're going to get the angry, <laughs> we're going to get the hate mail from, <laughs> from the cider contingency. <laughs> um, be like, what? It's incredible. It had a uh, a, a pungent aroma mm-hmm. uh, and a certainly uh, f- fruity begin, uh, be- be- uh, uh, intro. Uh, yeah, I want to say. What's the opposite of aftertaste? Pre-taste. Intro taste? Pre-taste. Mm, foreplay. Okay, yes, that's it. It had a fruity foreplay. Mm, oh, I like uh, it. And then a TCP tang that came about halfway through. Welcome to our new Cider Review podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called um, Apples and Pears. No, it's not. No. Would... Well, we are upstairs. Upstairs? Ups... It's called Upstairs. Upstairs with apples? No. Upstairs with apples. <laughs> How about Dem Apples? That's what it's called. Dem, How about... de- de- Just Dem, Dem Apples. apples. <laughs> Show. <laughs> oh, we don't know anything about cider, so no. our opinion's worthless on Janet's Jungle Juice. No, and and based on the effect of the cider, you know, we'll ne- you know, now that our intestines are ruined, we'll yeah. never we'll never drink again. Exactly. But there was also cheese at this cheese. There was cheese, yeah. And after a pint of um well, in for a penny, in for a pound, after a pint of Janet's jungle juice, we were like, Good God, <laughs> I, have a, I have an instant headache. Yeah, we, wow, we, we did. Yeah. We need to cut this with some cheese. <laughs> But you see, some cheese would have been fine. Some, yeah. Some would say, like, knowing when to stop with cheese is is part of the battle. Like, if if not if not the whole battle. Mm. But um, again, very new to this. I know that there are cultures on the planet where, uh, in uh, in lieu of having developed a complex counting system, simply have one, two. And many, <laughs> uh, and so we had many cheese yes. last night. No, well, we did have many cheese. Very like yeah. a very primal sense, and it comes in like by the hundred gram slab. Yeah, really. yeah, chunk. Kind of like if you were maybe you know raising a small family, and you're like you do yeah. a weekly shop, and you're like we need some cheese to last some time. And maybe like if I get a one of these bricks of cheese and I slice it to make sandwiches Indeed. for regular respectable human beings it might last a few days yeah maybe a week days. the school yeah. run maybe a, maybe a working week so I'd like three of those yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> now you have some experience in this field because you did reveal that you want to say a whole brick of cheese yeah I mean exp- like mistakes 
experience. I guess the two things are mutually inclusive at this point. But yeah, when I was at uni, I, I of an evening, had a block of cheese in the fridge, didn't have anything for dinner, couldn't be asked to go out and do a shop to, or, or order and take away. So I just sat in front of a movie and watched... And, and, and watched and myself. Watched cheese. I sat in front of a mirror and watched myself eat a block of cheese. Just a block of cheese, like nothing else. Just um, just bit into, like holding it like you would hold a sandwich, and yeah. just like worked through it. Thing is, I I like cheese. Absolutely. I, I, I eat a lot less cheese now than I used to, just mm-hmm. because yeah, just I just don't feel the urge quite so often. So I save it up <laughs> so that in one night I can just go hog wild on. That I mean, cheese. this was. We should say this was dinner. This was dinner. And I'm not sure yeah. whether it was intended to be dinner. No. Like, as the event probably didn't think, hey, people will come to this event and they will have dinner here. It's I like, don't think that was the plan. They, they looked at it at a fine establishment. They're like, we're not going to attract too many trash people who are no. just going to eat cheese. We're not going to attract those sort of those sort of horrible people. No. Um, and, and I think the idea is you know, the average chunk was maybe between two and five pounds for a chunk. And mm. I think the idea is you're a cheese connoisseur. You rock up in your top hat monocle yeah. um, and, and you know, suit. And you go, oh, you have the, the Kensington brown, I mm, see. Yes. I will take one piece of that and two crackers. I see you have a baby bell. <laughs> Could you carve me a slice, I please? see you have half a tub of Philadelphia left in the corner there. <laughs> Give me here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Cheese Festival. Uh, we have an amazing selection. Here we have uh, at least nearly a full pack. Shut, shut your mouth! <laughs> nearly a full pack of Baby Bell. <laughs> All I want is Philadelphia. Give it to me. Um, yeah, I feel like it's meant to be... It's meant to be uh, in the spirit of... Well, what's the opposite of excess? <laughs> it's meant to be that. Moderation. Moderation. You're meant yeah. to be having like a little... Ooh, ooh, a little and you're meant to have like, uh, a, little, uh, like a little uh, thimble of cider. Yes. And you're meant to sip it and go... Ooh, I'm definitely. Oh, I, I get leather, leathery notes, mm-hmm. and um, the um, orchard picker had recently cut himself. Um, <laughs> I think he. I think his blood type was O. I think I have a virus. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that is mm, that is a fingernail. Yeah, mm. and you meant to just go. Yeah, mm, this mm. is great, but what we did, <laughs> I I spent about seventeen pounds worth. <laughs> Of cheese. I, I bought lots of cheese. I had a plate piled with cheese and bread and pickle and, and uh, yeah, and that was my dinner. Mm. Blocks of cheese on hunks of bread. I mean, it's kind of like a sort of medieval peasant dinner. I Now, don't get me wrong. Mm. That holds a lot of appeal to me. Mm. I've often, uh, uh, you know, um, oh, the hobbits, the, the people, the hobbits have often spoken to me. Like, I feel a very strong yes. connection. When you hear the description of their meals, and it's kind of just like cured meats, mm. cheese and hunks of bread. Any meal you can eat with a, a short dirk or dagger yeah. that oh, you might yes. keep in your belt. Yes. You know? yeah. So I'm like, I'll, I'll, so, you know, I'm a simple man. Give me, there's an apple. Oh, probably... Probably given to you by, uh, you know, a, a kindly... Friendly wizard. Yeah, a, a kindly <laughs> wizard, you know. And, uh, you know, here's some cheese, you know, and it's wrapped in oil cloth and yes, stuff like that. Yeah, and definitely I like, I like, cloth. I like the idea of, like, kind of, you know, you're sitting on a on a rustic hillside. A craggy front. And great adventure awakes and your, your humble beginnings are behind you. And then you smash cut to just us <laughs> in this drizzly uh, kind of beer garden, literally just like... To a slab of cheese in each hand and just kind of like yeah different cheeses yeah. the kind of cheeses that shouldn't be mixed you know and there's those top hatted monocled gentlemen surrounding mm-hmm. us all looking on just shaking their heads <laughs> like rubes <laughs> what are they doing here is that uh, their dinner oh my goodness yes you know and, and oh, they didn't drink a whole pint of it did they oh no? goodness oh, no wonder they're 
spending a night on the toilet, <laughs> which I won't go into detail, but uh, certainly did. Well, for you, I mean, uh, I, I think um, you had maybe a more immediate reaction mm. based on your anecdotes. Indeed. Uh, mine was maybe uh, delayed by yeah. the... Um, by the you see, my like, your body had to solve the Rubik's cube. Yeah, well, well my it's like um, it's like uh, it's like a Stargate. Like every now and then, the planetary alignment, you know. And if you miss, if you miss the window to jump home, you've got to, you know, you've got, got to, to wait, wait another, another three hundred years. Yeah, yeah. and um, <laughs> it's a bit like that for me. It's like you know, because uh, I, 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 my, you know, my body moves with a regularity which is terrifying sometimes. Mm. I'm like, uh, okay, well, I know, I know, I've just put three hundred grams. <laughs> Of cheese into my body, maybe more, and maybe maybe more. <laughs> and I also know that that train doesn't stop for another twelve hours. You know what I mean? So like, I'm seeing this again. Like I'm gonna be seeing yeah. this again. And I'm like, oh, we're gonna be uneasy passengers together for uh, a little while, <laughs> or a little while yet. The rails are gonna rock tonight, my friends. <laughs> it's like you're in, you know, uh, you're in the, you're in, you 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 get onto your train, you know, and you find an empty carriage, and you sit down with a sigh. And you just know that it's, there's a whole night ahead of you, yeah. but at least you've got some privacy. And then the door opens and a smelly cheese man walks yeah. in and he just looks at you, sits opposite you and makes eye contact. And you just know <laughs> that you're in for a rough. This is know. what you're in for. This is your trip. This is your journey. And the two of you are now inescapably locked in this, this agreement. This intimate bond. This brown handshake, <laughs> which is going <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah, so... Um... Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was last night. It's not so much the consistency as the colour, more than anything. Anyway. Okay. Hello and welcome to a show called Hate. As I'm sure you've gathered. I'm sure you've gathered, yeah. A show in which we normally bring a topic of hate and a topic of love to the table for discussion. And we debate these topics and then we finally decide which one won out, be it hate or love. Indeed. We're down a presenter. We are. So I guess... We'll just dive on. in. I believe we may have some pre-recorded. We have some little little clips from Chris, which we'll we'll get to. I think, but I can kick us off if you like. Please, with yeah. my hate. Okay, so I hate <laughs> Soldier Boy's tech company. Do you know about this? I feel you're about to tell me. <laughs> oh, I am about to tell you. So it's not new news, but I learned something about the story that sort of recently that recently that brought it back to my attention. Because because. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Have you brought this up before on a previous episode? <gasps> have I? Have you? Well, if I have, <laughs> then luckily I have something new to add. Because <laughs> I can't. Does this mean? Does this mean we're happier people than we thought? If we're actually repeating, Re- hate? regurgitating hate, yeah, maybe, or we're just getting so old that we can't remember things we've done literally months ago. Like, yeah, mm. in recent history. Okay, well, all I can remember is I've heard the phrase. Soldier Boys, Soldier tech. Boys tech Company. Now, admittedly, it may have been in the Russian camp where I spent the first 18 years of my life being trained as a sleeper agent. Yeah. So that I knew yeah, when the yeah, trigger yeah. phrase was uttered, I had no choice but to destroy capitalism. Well, maybe now's that time. Maybe now is that time. Yeah. So tell me more about Soldier Boys Tech Company. Well, in the in the effort of potentially getting ahead of the fact that I may have already mentioned this on the podcast. <laughs> I can't remember anything else. Um, I'll, be, I'll be brief with the intro. But basically, Soldier Boy, known, well, not really that well known, um, musical artist slash rapper, I guess you could call him. Soldier for Hire, kind of. Yeah, Merc. Gun, f- yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cell Sword, yeah. I think you could call him. <laughs> um, <laughs> give him a bag of gold and he'll murder whoever you want, you know, within reason, obviously. Um, he had that song, Soldier Boy, sort of like that. It went a bit like that, I think. Yeah, it's, oh. it's, be- it's 
Was well, it I longer? Mean, no. <laughs> um, I don't know what the song's probably. I don't care, okay. bottom line. Right, yeah. But he decided he wanted to, like, uh, divert into the, the sort of realm of, of being a tech uh, man, mm. like a like a Steve Jobs, if you will, like Iron Man. Yeah, like Iron Man. Yeah, he is now Tech Man. Mm. Now, I think he was maybe looking at luminaries such as like Dre, who made beats by Dre. So, like, oh. he developed some tech. Well, he probably didn't do anything to do with it, but he put his name on it, and so everyone's like, "These headphones are really good. Actually, they are actually quite good." Um, so he thought, "I can do that. I've got the same sort of clout as Dre, so I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll delve into this." But he didn't really bother. Like, he just sort of grabbed pre-existing known shit tech. Like, he had released two consoles. One was called Soldier Console, <laughs> and one was called Soldier Handheld. And I guess I'm sure you can tell the difference between those two. The, the irony being is the Soldier Boy is a great name for a handheld console. Yeah, exactly. This is what everyone was saying at the time. Is like, but of course he's called Soldier Boy. That would be the Soldier Boy boy, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so um, sorry. <laughs> Made a noise. Um, so yeah, so he grabbed these con- these consoles are out there. They're like super cheap, horrible. Have you ever been to like websites like Wish? Or Alibaba. Right, yeah. And they advertise like, oh, I've got a PS4 for like seven quid. And it's not a PS4. It looks exactly like one. It's got the same case, the same controllers and everything. But it's actually, it doesn't have a disk drive. And it's just got a load of onboard, like, emulated games without any license to... Wait, is that like, not hella illegal? Yeah, 100%. And they're getting shut down all the time. But most of them don't ever really rise that high in the limelight because there's a million and one of them. Yeah. And so not any one of them is making their millions. And if they were, I'm sure the big companies would come down and crack down on them. Anyway, he decided to grab two of these, rebrand them, up their price, because obviously, you know, Soldier Boy Mark on there, that's going to that's gonna get you a bit of extra money, and, uh, and call them a Soldier Console and a Soldier Handheld. But they were just garbage consoles that barely even played the games that were built into them. Right. He also tried, you know, grabbed hold of like a sort of on-the-market pre-existing wireless headphone AirPods type thing, put his name on that, Soldier uh, Earphones or something. And then he also grabbed a sort of Apple Watch, but sort of not watch like doesn't connect to anything but just kind of looks classy but actually is shit and he put his name on that and that was the soldier watch and this was his launch range i'm seeing a trend yeah here. yeah you know just grab to... garbage tech put my name on it and i think if i have talked about this before that's where i got to like that was that was it right okay that's, what, that's so, where we let that when we last left our hero exactly okay so since then like the internet has assaulted him <laughs> non-stop <laughs> with the garbage quality of his products and many have said you're, you're, <laughs> Soldier Boy, you're going to get sued by Nintendo. Because Nintendo are famous for this. Like, you, you touch Nintendo products and they, like, bring Mario's, like, hammer down mm. onto your brain and you smash your brains across the ground. I've heard tell that Mario himself will turn up at your door. Oh, it is Mario and he will kneecap you with a boomerang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll bring his Hammer Brothers and the Goombas. They'll all come to your door. You open the door. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, it, you know, it's early no. morning. You're, no, you're, Mario. You open the door and, and there is a man... <laughs> And I don't mean... He doesn't look like the game, Mario. No, that's no. That's very much a cartoon. Yeah, no, no, because that's a, that's not real. Yeah, like, that, yeah that, that's that couldn't a, happen. No, that... that <laughs> I mean, I mean I, <laughs> I've what, had to learn. What you are describing <laughs> is impossible. Uh, I just want you to know well, that. Well, okay, let's not rule it out completely. Okay. We can carry on, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Agree, to, agree to disagree, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but you open the door, and there is a man on your doorstep, mm. and he is wearing... 
uh, dungarees. He's not wearing a top there. He's just wearing dungarees. Just wearing dungarees. <laughs> but you look close and you realise that he has actually coloured his skin from the neck down in with a red Sharpie. Yeah, he's used a lot of Sharpies. A on lot him. of Sharpie, but the chest hair still shows through. Mm. And he is wearing a flat cap and it is red and he is carrying an, a, a, a board with a nail in it. Yeah, and <laughs> which isn't one of Mario's like classic weapons. Like no, you, know, you can't no. normally hit a question mark block and get like bit of two before with nail jammed through it. That's not normally no. a power up you can get. Tanuki suit, kind of fire flower, board with nail through. Not usual, but here he is at your yeah, door. Here he is at your door, <laughs> and, and 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 he does have a mustache. He does, uh, but the rest of his face is ill shaved at best, mm, scarred, scarred some mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you look at him and you just go. You're, you're, you're not Mario. <laughs> Just look at him and go, a oh, fuck. <laughs> and he's like, doesn't matter. It's a me. <laughs> it's a me, isn't it? You're reckoning. <laughs> it's a me, you're reckoning. Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah. So he, like, the internet was like, Nintendo gonna get you. Nintendo gonna send Mario around, he gonna smash you. That's That was the message sent out to Soldier Boy via Twitter. And Soldier Boy reacted to this, these sort of tweets, these these assaults on his integrity. Yeah, his integrity. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a businessman. He's a pioneer. With, with some, some remarkably disgusting insults at these people, which I won't repeat, but mm. they were, shall we say, ableist. That is to say, calling people... Oh. Uh, horrible, disabled related insults. You see, that's so weird, Nick, because up until this point, everything you've been telling me about the man, I really thought he was quite an upstanding citizen. I know. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, respectable would be a word I would have chosen to use. I guess if you've if you've um, you know, kind of built up that much, you know, respect and kudos, then maybe you're owed a couple of really filthy insults. That's you the know? thing, yeah, yeah. Like you get a few free passes, right? Yeah, it's just like karma points. Yeah, I know? think he used more than his free passes if he was ever entitled to them. Oh, well, he... hopefully when he brings out more great products, that'll balance it out. Maybe that's the yeah. plan. He was just sort of buying them in advance kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, he called a lot of people a lot of horrible things on the grounds that they were stupid for thinking <laughs> as if Nintendo would come after me. What's a Nintendo? Yeah, exactly. Who knows Who that? Knows? Who knows that name? Well, they did. And he's gone now, so... <laughs> What, he's disappeared? Well, he, his tech company's gone. Uh, his products are gone. Um, and he just tweeted saying something like, I guess I'm going to have to grow up now or something like that. And we don't know for sure <laughs> know that Mario happened. came to his door and like kneecapped him. But like, oh, I think we I think we know. I, I choose to believe that when you see, uh, when you see uh, footage of from Japan of all those dancing Pikachus. Yes. Hordes I, of them. Uh, yeah, and they're all dancing in perfect step. The next time you see one of those, you'll see one of those Pikachus <laughs> will just stop and like, look around and then just leg it and just kind of <laughs> sprint away. Don't need to be rugby tackled or, or get stuck in a door. Mm. Adorably. Adorably. But then when the camera pangs away, they do beat him. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've got to stay in sync. got to stay oh. in step. So it was short-lived. From what I understand, it was a few months he had. Uh, in the in the limelight before um, before Yuri, I mean Mario, came to his door <laughs> and battered him to near death. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean maybe this is a love. I don't know actually. I'm, I'm, actually kind of, I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. I kind of, right of love now. the fact that that Karma came. Like, don't mess with Nintendo. No, just don't will, mess with them. They will kill you because they like all they really have. Bless them. I love Nintendo, mm. but like they're, the thing they have is their IP. Mm. And if you try and take that Mario away. Then, then they're gonna they're gonna fight for that. I like the idea of that in uh, in the ongoing console wars, like as all the various companies, the survivors have gone more towards software. Nintendo, the last bastion <laughs> of hardware, are like we make hardware. Yeah, like, we make. <laughs> yeah, we, we come to your door with our hardware. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> they call it hardware for a reason, son. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love them. I love them to bits. Mm. But this is a hate that about Soldier Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who we don't love. Who we don't love him because he's a twat. But maybe he's growing up. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, it's a bit late, but yeah. Can I bring a hate to the table? Do it. I hate weird newsagent sweeks. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to need some context. Okay. <laughs> It's when you go into uh, uh, a news agent, so mm-hmm. I guess, uh, you know, uh, if, if you're not in the UK, I guess uh, just a, a corner a corner shop. Yeah, you know. 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah, and they're everywhere. They are. Like, uh, they are um, often unbranded in a weird way. Like, yeah, or, or, or they're kind of like, they're made to look like a brand, but they're actually not a brand. But this is the thing, this is the thing that really wigs me out, and I think it's less that these sweets exist, because... <laughs> It's great that they, more variety. Oh yeah, you, power to yeah, them. You want you want these sweets to be out there, but it's like it's the idea that who's making them, <laughs> where are they coming from? No one's buying them. It, it's like yeah, okay, because like what well, when you uh, <clears throat> it's the idea that you go into you go into a news agents uh, and they're everywhere and they're always surviving. And I guess mm. what I'm going to say is I'm fascinated by these companies which aren't market leaders, no. which never advertise, and yet they're always there. And I'm like. They must be surviving. We but they'd see... need like factories and machines yeah. and stuff to make these sweets. You can't just have, you can't set up as a one man, like, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just going to. Man and boy. <laughs> man and boy, yeah. I'm just going to buy an industrial estate unit. Well, so you've got the factory, but you couldn't afford the cutting machine. So you're literally, there's one man and a kitchen knife running down like a. a, a Callum, <laughs> Callum, get me Callum. scissors. My knife's dull. <laughs> Callum. <laughs> Size, size length of taffy and yeah. you're running along it with scissors it's a, a single peanut brittle the size of a tennis court <laughs> you've got your grand kind of like knitting the wrapping <laughs> Callum's like can't we just hammer it dad no, no. they've got to be perfect rectangles <laughs> Callum get the set square <laughs> and it's like uh, you know, this is your granddad's peanut brittle business <laughs> it's like historically like every, every bar has always been uh, cut to the dimensions of the granddad's credit card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they still use that original credit card, like still man got and it. boy. Yeah. My, it's so sticky, that, though. I think it's like the idea that you go... Because um, there's always these corner shops, because even though you get the big supermarkets and they have monopolies and they control the market, mm. people will always want a uh, bottle of milk. Pop down road. Yeah. Desperately need milk for a cup of tea mm-hmm. uh, or I desperately need some bread. That's their, that's their lifeblood. That's basically why they exist. Them alive. Yeah. Yeah. So every community has like a little corner shop. Mm. And it's like, and it looks exactly the same way it's done for years. There's no need to change. Why modernise? There's no yeah. need to modernise. There's no need to market, really. Yeah. Because their, their whole thing is, we're all you've got. <laughs> that's their, yeah, that's their USP. It's like, you know, just, we're here if you need us. Like, yeah. And you'll go in and you're like, okay, I've got my milk, you know. And... There's always those staples. It's like there's some magazines. Yeah. There's know. some Ginster's pasties. Ginster's always Ginster's pasties, you know. Yeah. Bit of grot. You know? Oh yeah. There's always a bit of porn. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Bit there of vintage grumble. <laughs> <laughs> bit of vintage grumble for the lags. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like you know you 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 go to pay your things and like oh there's some booze. Okay, all the essentials. Yeah. yeah. And I have a counter. You got all the. All the mainstream confectionery. Yeah, like your Twixes. Yeah, you've got your Twixes. You've got your Cadbury's. We'll have to beep all these out. <laughs> yeah, but we, we'll name Jan- Janet's Jungle Juice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The stuff we say. Yeah. So it's like, you know, oh, you know, you've you got your Cadbury's. you got your, oh, is that a kind of surprise? Ooh. That's there, you know. Um, yeah, hope Twix, I get a little wizard. <laughs> all the, all, you know, all the classics. And then you turn 
And you look down the aisle, the aisle, this kind of darkened aisle. Flickering fluorescent tubes. And <laughs> all the sweets down that aisle mm. look like they've been there <laughs> decades. And I think they might have been. And it's like you start working your way along and you're like an archaeologist digging deeper and deeper through different strata. You're like Cadbury's brand new yeah. and it's like and then you see like oh like a Cadbury's fusion and like oh yeah, that's so, very new yeah and historically that was only in the last month or so and then you get deeper and you're like you're wading through and then you're, you're getting into like the the more obscure Cadbury's chocolate where you're like oh yeah, tasters like, I, haven't I haven't seen that for like 10 years yeah you know oh curly whirly you don't see those very often you anymore. don't so you're wading you're wading and wading and then after a while you're like oh there's a scumby bar <laughs> <laughs> oh there's a there's a pack of Benley's chirrups what a <laughs> Oh, a chort wedge. Oh, I'll, t- I'll take two of those. <laughs> chort wedge. Oh, my grand used to buy me chort wedges every weekend. Oh. It's like it's like the the only nug the only nougat that comes in a wedge. You know? like, no one asked for that. Oh, chort. And, and it's like oh, God. when when I was young, you may be able to relate to this. You'd buy like from the same same kind of news agent. You'd buy like crappy comics. Yeah, like these yeah. really crappy comics, and you loved them because you didn't have anything else <laughs> in and, your life <laughs> to live for. And there'd always be like a sweet kind of glued yes. to the outside. Yeah, and it was always slightly disappointing. Oh yeah, but again, you ate it. Yeah, you know, or oh, you had to. Yeah, God, <laughs> it'd be like that kind of taffy, which um, is like um, it's not nice, <laughs> and it's and, but you know, it's sugar. I yeah, guess. like it's technically a food stuff. I'm guessing they were doing some sort of deal where it's like we want to bring this new, we want to bring Benley's chirrups to market. We want to get these out there. The kids are going to go crazy for chirrups, yeah. um, but we can't really afford like a TV spot or anything. Um, they're in the news agents already, but no one cares because they're yeah. in that dark aisle. So let's stick them on the front of the Beano and just hope to fuck. There's yeah. like a kid likes a chirrup, you know. <laughs> But it's like, so it's not even like off-brand chocolate. In fact, I'd say it's rarely off-brand chocolate. It's more like off-brand confe- uh, confectionery, maybe like more kind of mm. sweeties, more kind of... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and again, it's, my, my, my issue with it is a very, it's a very fine line between big branded, big blockbuster chocolate. Block, like, yeah, triple A. Love it. See adverts. It's on billboards. Mm, Mars bar. At the other end, if you went to a pick mix and everything is unbranded, yeah. I don't care where those, you know, strawberry fancies came from. You know, I don't care about the, uh, you know, the vanilla peat swirlies or something like that. Good for digestion. Oh, oh delicious. Oh, it's a charcoal Twizzler. You know, I don't... I don't Crunch. Oh, no, know. that's just charcoal. That's shit. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't change the filter in the air conditioner. So I don't... That I don't mind. Like, oh, it's a, it's a, you know, I could lose my... Go elbow deep into a pile of cherry lips. Mm. I don't care. No. But it's when it's in the middle... And you have a shitty sweet, which is but it's brand. got a brand. It has a brand. Yeah, that's like, the thing. Who who made this brand? Because this is it, like cola bottles. Like yeah. when you buy cola bottles, you're not you're not buying a specific brand. You could get Swizzles probably, yeah. or like Matlows or whatever. I think that's a brand, is yeah, it? I yes, I say, yeah. But I don't buy my cola bottles dependent on brand. Like you say, it's just like, oh cool, cola bottles. Yeah, Scoop them a into cola bottle is a cola, cola bottle. bottle. By any other name, exactly. it's a cola bottle, yeah. But then when you see a brand, you're like 
well, wait, you're trying to be legit. Yeah. And that makes me uncomfortable. And, it, and I, I, if, I feel like there's a whole ghost clientele. It's like the witching hour or something because, mm. you know, it's when you see, like, there's a <laughs> there's a faded cardboard box of, like, oh, I don't know, uh, bewilderers. Or, <laughs> I need those. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds great. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's just like, they're so, they've been there so long. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part of it is this knowledge. Like, because sometimes the branding... When something's branded, it's like time locked. Like you know what era that was made because you can yeah. look at the design work, you can look at the brand, you can go, "Oh, that's dated." Mm. And then that's the scary thing on the food stuff. Despite knowing that it's basically ninety nine percent sugar, you're looking at this faded box, you know, and it's got this logo on it that looks like the, the, from the fucking seventies. And you're like, "So that's just been here then, huh?" Yeah, that's just here. Or, or if it hasn't, that raises even more questions because oh, then it's like, yeah. are they getting a fresh shipment of? You know, um, skungies or something like that, you know. <laughs> Skungy bars. <laughs> or, or is it like, is it the same situation but at the warehouse? So there's been a warehouse that has been paid a quid a month rent uh, from the 70s, full of scumby bars. Yeah. Like floor scumby. to ceiling scumbies because no one likes scumbies. Rich in malt. Yeah. <laughs> and so some bright, bright businessman inherits all of these warehouses that have still got yeah. scumbies and Benleys and chirrups and everything in there. And he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll contact all of these little uh, corner shops. I'll be like, I've got a deal for you, son. You know, I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll, I'll ship pay a, you. <laughs> Please, God, I'll pay you to show up at your place with a dump truck and just tip it through your door. Mm. And you'll have sweets for days. And I'll have paid you for the privilege. It's like, if 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 if, the, if it weren't for the timeline being completely out, it's almost like there's an automated factory somewhere. Like, if robotics had, had existed to this extent, like, 30 years ago, and they never turned it off, like, all it can do is produce... What if that's what it is? Like, this is AI. And it's developed by itself and no one knows. There's a factory out there, right, that in the 70s was built and made by, you know, Sir Benley. And he had this grand vision for yeah. his suites. And he built the factory and he turned the machine on and then he died on the spot, dead. And he had no no one to take on his estate, but no one was there to turn the machine off. And gradually it became sentient. And it's, it's been churning stuff out. And it's making, like, brands. And it's designing new, wonderful treats You've for the like, children. Like, <laughs> Automata, like kind of walking yeah. up and down the aisles, and every day, and like once a week, maybe the delivery van comes around and we're like, "Oh, Frank, I don't like this place. It gives me, it gives me the willies." And the like, lights are never on. And then a figure comes out wearing a very long overcoat. It's like, "Hello, human. <laughs> Hello, fellow human. I would like some of your sugar." <laughs> it's like, don't ask questions, Frank. <laughs> Just drive. We need the money. <laughs> And, and, but it's like, um, and that poor AI, because you know it's only trying to please its dead master. Yeah. And it's like, and it's at the core of the machine. You can't even reach it for pipes and conveyor belts and everything. And it's just like, must create taste sensations for children. <laughs> and then, like, in years, in years still to come, like the adventurer, like you know, cracks open the door and comes in. Post-apocalyptic landscape. And it's all kind of like it's it's dimmed to kind of like only mm. residual power. And like maybe the conveyor belt is kind of like crunching along a little bit. And you just see like this one solitary um, scumby bar. Scum- <laughs> this, this one scumby bar is coming along and he picks it up and he's like what is this? And you just hear this faded voice from the automaton. It's like children need mung beans. 
fade to black Finn <laughs> this one <laughs> this one misguided dream to get children eating more bulgur wheat or yeah. something like that and that's just that's core tenet programming though like that although it developed sentience and a desire to create new brands and incredible new packaging <laughs> it never got away from the mung beans it just never got away and so every sweet it makes is garbage you pick up a scumby bar and it's like <laughs> contains at least two mung beans <laughs> and they're not blended in no they're all. just solid in there just inserted 80% gluten oh. you know definitely not vegan <laughs> it's like they use some kind of like offshoot of the sugar family which <laughs> is yeah is, is not technically toxic but it's not technically food either <laughs> yeah it's just on the front just like now includes tetrachlorophyll <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> I mean I guess a leading source of prawn protein <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I don't know and I think I, I have to go with something like that like there was just a warehouse full of it I really like this idea <laughs> because the alternative is far more terrifying the idea that people are buying this and you never see them and the idea that people are making it and thinking oh what yeah. people want is scumbies like I'm going to make another metric ton of scumbies it's like off brand crisps as well mm. like it's the same kind of family and you only get them in these little news agents it'll yeah. be like um, oh I don't know um, salt and vinegar uh, manhole covers or something <laughs> like that. Oh, it's a it's a prawn cocktail lamppost. You know, yeah, I'll uh, eat it. And it's shaped like a, the only the, the only rehydrogenized uh, corn snack based on the shape of a lamppost. Mm. Yeah, that's their USP. And it's not <laughs> what a way to go. Lead into it. And it's not so much like what they are and what they taste like because it, we put a lot of crap in our bodies. Oh yeah, like my body is a temple uh, to garbage. <laughs> the garbage god come to my altar your cheese offering has, has sated them but like no they rushed that through we could go even we don't want this but no but you we put so much crap in our bodies oh yeah it doesn't really matter so the god. fact that what you're opening is is legally if not morally food is fine but it's the fact that the packaging is something like i would design yeah and it's never changed it's, and worse it's never felt you thank you yeah <laughs> You're very kind, but it's never felt the need to change or improve. And I think that's the that's the big thing, really, yeah. isn't it? Is that packaging only develops and evolves and and stuff like that because they need to brand themselves. They need to they need to market themselves as, as something desirable. Yeah. But these don't. These aren't trying to be desirable. These know what they are. But it's like, is that enough? That's a crazy thing. Like, did as a business model, did they instantly achieve all their goals? And they're like, we're not going to grow, we're not going to shrink, and we're damn not going to change. We're just going to keep making these. We've nailed it. Mm. <sighs> well, Chris has a hate. Does he really? He sent it in via audio clip. My, my. Yeah. Oh, I think I can hear him coming in now. It's like he's in the room. Mm. Well, John or Nick, thank you so much for asking me what my hate would be for this week. And and I'll tell you uh, in this completely improvised format. My hate is people and actors in particular and presenters of TV shows and popular podcasts phoning in their performance. It really, really gets to me, you know, that they can't even make this sort of effort for their fans, ultimately. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines to phone it in is to do something with low enthusiasm or effort. While the phrase may sound innocuous enough in an age when telecommunications and conference calls are common, it originates from the notion of someone who can't be bothered to show up when expected. Well, I think we can all agree that that doesn't apply to any of us sitting here today. Didn't we briefly talk about phoning it in <laughs> in our uh, super special bonus episode about the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? Oh, yes. In which our good friend Chris Ray mm. uh, commented on the fact that even if we overlook the um, 
questionable design choices. Mm. Um, Which is a challenge in all, itself. All the actors in that one <coughs> scene of army generals were really phoning it in. Really, really phoning it in. Just not trying at yeah. all. Yeah. It's like Chris has a has a special second sense because mm. he only has one sense and this is his second sense uh, to, to sort of see like phoning it in when it's mm. and it's present and and it's 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 a remarkable talent really like uh yeah <laughs> there we are there we go well i'm i for one i'm I, I, i'm just really glad that he could contribute in some way to the show yeah do, do you have a love i do have a love right yes, yes Moving yeah. on from that, unfortunately, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> let's put that behind us um it's it's good that you brought up the sonic the hedgehog movie oh because my love oh here we go is the sonic no <laughs> Is Detective Pikachu. Oh. Yes. Mm. I went to see it. So what you're saying is you're an, a Nintendo apologist. Oh, 100%. Fanboy, apologist, mm. whatever word you want to use. I don't want Mary to show up at my door, okay? <laughs> like, Terrifying. No, no, please, if you're listening. <laughs> Terrifying stooge. I'll take that. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, that movie had no right to be good. Mm. Um, have you seen it? I have seen it. Or were you just speculating? <laughs> Before I saw it, I was my fanfic about watching the Detective Pikachu movie. It was amazing, but I haven't been. Oh. <laughs> no, I uh, I did go, mm. and um, I, I I mean I had to. I saw that trailer and I was like, this trailer isn't shit. This trailer ma- has made me laugh a couple of times, and I really like Pokemon. So I I have to know. I have to know why is Pikachu talking? What is the mystery? Like, how do you make a film about all of these things? How do you do this? And I think in many ways, they have failed. Like, <laughs> I mean, whether... <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, break it down. Whether or not... I mean, this won't, this won't be recognised as high art. You know, like, it's very, it's very strange. And I do wonder whether it's really only any good for someone who likes Pokemon. Mm. Um, but it... I enjoyed it. But I enjoyed it. If you're somebody who likes Pokemon, mm. which I historically... Do, you do. Um, a poke, uh, an authentic Pokemon movie for me would be possibly three hundred hours long. Oh yeah, and a green on black, black <laughs> on green is what I'm saying. I believe you've seen that movie already, yeah. <laughs> and it would all, it would be very very stat centric. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm talking like elemental tables, mm. you know, like the hidden stats that are behind the main stats you see in the game. With yeah, we're talking deep deep dive RPG. Storyline. And the protagonist would defeat the Elite Four in the opening act and then just play them over and over and over again. Like literally they would just revisit that scene again and again and again. Well um in, in the classic Pokemon games, you got to name your rival. Yes. Did you not? What did yeah. you what did you name yours, John? Uh, <laughs> in your most recent playthrough. It may have been Asshat. I think it was Asshat. I'd forgotten. I think about it was. I think it was Asshat, yeah. Which is great because every time he comes in, it's like, hey, it's me, your rival, Asshat. And he says it with such pride. He's owning it. He really he's is. He's really owning it. But he's still a loser, obviously. Tell me more about Detective Pikachu. Well, here's the biggest thing. And this might be a spoiler. So if you're if you're this is a spoiler, undeniably. If you're planning to go see Detective Pikachu, um, maybe pause the podcast. Pod, pod, go out now. Or, or 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 mute it. Mute it. But leave it playing. Yes. Yeah. And then just guess when to come back in. Yeah. It'll you'll be work, fine. You'll work it out. You got this, champ. But um, <laughs> I thought this would just be like this would be its own thing. Let's not worry about the stuff that's happened in the Game Boys, right? Right. Oh my God, no. What? It's canon. What? What's happened in the Game Boy, what's happened in Red and Blue, what's happened since then is alluded to being historical truth in Detective Pikachu. Mewtwo is in the movie. Right. And they refer to 
what happens in Red and Blue regarding Mewtwo, Team Rocket, and the Kanto. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, joking, Ka- Ka- Kanto region. Yeah. They refer to the Kanto region. They refer to that being where Mewtwo was first developed and created and escaped from. They refer to there being a trainer involved in that. They're referring to the Game Boy games as happening 20 years ago. And really, they are referring to you. To me, my so, specific yeah, playthrough. Yeah. Oh, I thought they meant mine. No, 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 it's mine. Oh. Because the rival wasn't called Asa. Uh, <laughs> That's how you course. know. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, yeah. <laughs> um, that really surprised me. Wouldn't you be mad if they were like, and they, I, you know, I heard legend tell that the, the legendary trainer had uh, you know, a level 66 polywhirl. And you're like, fuck my life. That was me. <laughs> that that was, was me. That was me. I can't remember his name, but he definitely had a Beedrill on his team. Because <laughs> he loves Beedrill. I really like Beedrill. Yeah, and he's weird. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's but my favourite. Tell me more about this completely unweird movie that you saw. <laughs> I don't know what to say. There's a whole scene where, like, it's a really long scene. It's maybe too long. <laughs> where there, there were these Pokemon from a generation I'm not familiar with. Because I really only know the first 150. Um, and through some scientific experimentation, they've been made to be colossal. Right. So they are a Pokemon that looks like a little rock garden. So they look like a turtle. Right. With a little face. And then their back, where their shell would be, is like a little rockery. That's, well, that's what the Pokemon normally looks like. It's so about kind, the size of a... Kind of like a, like an anti-Bulbasaur. Yeah, kind, kind of, of yeah. yeah. But um, but like, you know, like a great turtle sort of size. Like who's the size of a coffee table, say. Yeah. Yeah, this, this Pokemon looks like that. And there are some in a cage. And then there's like a little moment where, a throwaway comment where one of the characters just goes, oh, they've been experimenting on, on these um, with size. And that's like throwaway comment. And then later on, they're out in like a forest and the forest starts to like heat upheave and like lift out of the ground. Kind of like um, Inception when the city falls over on top of it. And you're seeing like the impossible horizon being lifted up, becoming a wall in front of you, trees coming down on top of you. And you realise that this isn't an earthquake. They're getting up and they're stood on the back of them. And there's this incredible shot. And it looks astonishingly good. This The camera pans back and our heroes are stood on the back of this, this Pokemon it's a Pokemon the size of an island at sea. Right. And there's a herd of them. And they've all like upheaved now because of what happened. Uh, and it's like we spend about 20 minutes there with them. Are you honestly telling me that like the driving plot point of this movie is a plot to make Pokemon really big? Um, a plot to experiment with Pokemon. And, and, and one of the experiments they were doing was to make them really, really big. Yes, for some reason. <laughs> you see, everything you're saying, not having seen the movie now, I can't... You could say anything right now, and I'm genuinely not sure Maybe if it's I part am. of the plot or just evidence of a disturbed mind. Like, mm. you could just... <laughs> like, I'm suddenly, I'm suddenly very aware that I'm trapped in a room with you right now. Here's the greatest mystery that they managed to keep secret from the trailer. Bill Nye's in it. Bill Nye's in this film, and he says the word Pokemon. Like, that word comes out of his mouth. Bill Nye. Now, I know Bill Nye was an octopus pirate in a film. So maybe his, like, uh, what's the word? Dignity wasn't wasn't ever really, like, that, that elevated beyond this. Although, <laughs> is he playing Bill Nye or is he voicing? No, he's a character. No, no, he's a human in the story. He's a man. Oh. A human man. Like a head of a corporation. Okay, quick, quick, quick question. I have to ask. If they reference the events of the original game... Really briefly, but yes. Really briefly. Are we saying that's like 100 years in the past, a 1,000 years No, I think they the say past? 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of, I guess, alluding to... Because, like, Pokemon came out in 95. So it's it did... Ha- it wasn't... It had a big anniversary a couple of years ago. So it, it did, because that's when we played it recently, yeah, wasn't it? When yeah. they all became available on DS. So I guess it would have been 20 years old. Well, that was 25 then, maybe. Mm, mm. So it'd be 2005, 2015. That'd be 20. Numbers. I love them. 
They're great. Mass podcast. No, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, wow. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also a Pokemon battle in it. Yeah. Um, Is there it are... turn-based? <laughs> The menus. No, it's not turn based. Oh, okay. It's very much like the anime where they're shouting commands and the Pokemon do what they say. Um, there are also <laughs> there's a dubstep Pokemon in it. Now apparently, like again, apparently this is a real Pokemon. A real Pokemon, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I I went with a friend and he's very knowledgeable about the later generations and he was like, oh yeah, no, that's dubstepmon. It is Skrillexmon. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he knew all about this Pokemon, but okay. they clearly were really chuffed with this one. Like the design team were like, we nailed this Pokemon. So he's in every scene, like you know, intimate. <laughs> Like human on human scenes, he's there somewhere in the background. <laughs> he's just everywhere. I don't know what this Pokemon looks like. I'm kind of picturing a oh. Pokemon who's like has a couple of decks and they're kind of like part of his body and no, he's kind of like he's maybe kind they're of... his nipples and he's just constantly rubbing them. That's good, John. That is mm, good, and yeah. I think that's something that every kid's movie needs. Yeah, no, um, no, I mean... he looks like a sort of square with a face in the middle of the square. He's got two little feet in the bottom corners, and then he's got two big Mickey Mouse ears coming out the top of the square, and those are speakers. And then he's got a big, horrible mouth. It's a really horrible mouth, like very real mouth. Um, but that's OK. And then and then his ear speakers sort of like pulsate. And then like what looked like shockwaves come out of them. It's like kind of stuff. And he's in one scene. He's he's like the PA system or a few of them are the PA system for the battle. So they, <laughs> there are some humans with like a speaker system. They have a mic and they have like a channel desk kind of thing but then when they speak it's coming out of the pokemon so i don't know technologically how that works and whether they have an input jack i don't really want to think too much about that but um i thought oh that's the scene with the dubstep pokemon that's cool but then they're in like another three or four scenes and i don't know why but they're there a lot i i i i I just really don't know how to process a lot of what i'm hearing uh so this is what i mean it's really weird so pikachu in the movie pikachu's in the movie He's it. He's he's in it. Yeah, he's and, and he can talk. He can talk. He's a talking Pikachu, but only his his new friend and partner can understand him. So uh, to everyone else, he's saying Pikachu. Pika Pika, and in fact, we hear what other people hear when he talks. And I think it's the original actress who did Pikachu in Japan. So does that mean that all other Pikachu's in this world are that intelligent, or all have the capacity to be detectives, scholars, poets, <laughs> you know, footballers? And yet they are trapped as kind of mute slaves for the humans. No. Right. I could tell you why this Pikachu can talk. He's a special Pikachu. He's a special Pikachu. But, but he can't really talk. It just so happens that one human can understand him. <sighs> That's never really made clear. I mean, he can, like, the human can understand individual words this Pokemon is saying, this Pikachu is saying. Yes. Like, to the, to the human... He is speaking yes. full English. Because it sounds more like the, the human has a special power, not That's what I the thought. Pokemon. But it's not that. Right. <laughs> okay, it doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of sense it's, there. It's, I, I cannot stress enough how weird this film is. It's very weird. And yet. And yet. And yet. You see, weird's good. Yeah. Like, when weird isn't offending, when weird isn't hurting, when weird isn't broken, and it's not broken... The movie no. isn't broken. It, it it follows its own internal logic. When you sort of unpack it a bit afterwards, it all makes sense. Um, it is very funny throughout. Genuinely very funny. The whole Mr. Mime scene is so much darker than you'd expect it to be. It's hilarious. Um, but but it is very strange. <laughs> okay. I mean, we can all salute strange. Absolutely. Strange is better than being boring. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But in dragging a... We, as we saw with Sonic, in dragging a... Two dimen- historically two-dimensional mm. video game 
uh, into kicking and screaming into glorious very much 3D. kicking and screaming. So you've got hair, you've got pores, you've got if, textures. If you ever lit. wanted to see a sweaty, you know, Doug Diglett. There wasn't a Diglett in it. That's Ali's favourite Pokemon. She was like, she was rooting for a Diglett and there was no Diglett. Ah, because they're cowards. Because they don't know what's under the ground. I'll tell you, yeah. Yeah. Because that raises too many questions. Exactly. And this is my thing. If you're like, um, if you're you're, you're the designer (laughs) and and, like you're reaching into, you know, you've got your Photoshop open and you're drawing your, drawing, drawing your Pokemon. You're doing your concept art. And you've got next to you, you have a, like a a vat of a high density jelly, Mm. which just has like, high def written on it yes and with every character literally you can just reach in scoop that out you have to get and you know it works best if you use your fingers of course yeah you pick up like a big hand handful of high def and you just smear it on this pokemon and it becomes what we see gloriously real so if you see um you know if this pokemon in the game it just looks like uh like you say a cube yeah it's a cube with arms you know they smear not now smear the high death onto it they drag it through the veil into the real world it's 3D yeah. and now you have the joy of seeing what a cube made out of flesh and cartilage actually looks like and it's usually screaming at this and point <laughs> <laughs> as is everyone in the design studio what have we done <laughs> and this is why I say they're cowards because mm. it's fine for the hairy Pokemon but someone looked at Diglett a fan favourite and said this is a bridge too far we cannot go here we cannot have a meat cylinder that comes out of the ground <laughs> With sweat glands and probably a soft downy fur. Yeah, he probably like mole like maybe. Yeah. yeah, wrinkly. He'd probably be wrinkly. We see Mewtwo a lot in this movie, and obviously, I'm sure as you can tell from the artwork you've seen of Mewtwo before, mm. he ain't furry. No, no, no. He's got a sort of rubbery consistency to his skin, and there are folds and creases on that oh. creature that you never thought you would ever need to see. And you don't need to see them. But of course you see them. And even though you're a little horrified, you're like, I, well, I can't question their, their, you know, their dedication. There would be a crease there. Yeah, there would have to be a crease there. That, you I know? mean, where else does he shit from? No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and some may have questioned the budget that did go towards, you know, accurately imagining and rendering a, a Pokemon's anus. Yes. Uh, and some may have said I that, say it's money well spent. I think that is money, money well spent. I yeah, think be, so. We need to know. Because if you're going to have a real life Pokemon... You've got, you've got to get it all I'm sorry, rough and smooth. The whole thing falls down if we don't know how they poop. And they did talk to the original designers of the, you know, the original Pokemon, and yeah. they said if they'd had the technology, they'd have they, done it. They would have rendered a fully three-dimensional Mewtwo ape <laughs> anus because that was their original vision, and we have to respect that. That was the starting point for Pokemon. It was like I've had an idea for a Mewtwo's anus. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's a Mewtwo? <laughs> Well, I don't think that's important at this point, Ralph. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like where you're going. A lot, lot of promise with the anus. What's a Mewtwo? <laughs> I think you've jumped ahead a little. Tell me more. You know the whole run before you can walk? Well, you've gone to light speed before you can walk. Um, what's a Mewtwo? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, go see it. How, where, where do you... Because I think there was... Uh, while while um, Pikachu has become a a uh, international sensation, oh yeah, people just love Pikachu. Love a Pikachu. We've gotten used to the idea of Pikachu as a kind of smooth yellow, two dimensional creature uh, orb. We get how yeah. he works, uh, and I think we've we've even had three dimensional Pikachu's before. Oh yeah, in video games. In the video games, sure. But he's always just like a smooth kind of bean shape. He is. Where did you feel? Where, where did you sit initially when suddenly Pikachu is very, very furry? I um, I was surprised at first 
But then I realized that I think that my surprise was stupid because mm. he is meant to be a mouse. Mm. That's what he's described as. And even in his little description in the very first game, he is described as a mouse. And I think he was only ever rendered as a sphere, like a smooth, essentially, sphere because of the style he was drawn in. Mm. And so I immediately chastised myself and went into a dark room with a belt and whipped myself repeatedly until I accepted the fact that he should, of course, be furry. Mm. He's adorable. In the movie. He does look lovely. I yeah. Think we can all agree. They, 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 there's some Uncanny Valley stuff in this film, but it's, it's almost played for laughs. Like, Mr. Mime looks weird because he's meant to be fucking weird. Like, they talk about how weird Mr. Mimes are in the film. And that's okay. But again, they do in- <laughs> interrogate a Mr. A Mr. Mime. They, they, it fully in an abandoned warehouse. Which suggests... He is an intelligent, rational creature. This is why, when I when I disagreed with you, right, I, I did it very much <laughs> with a caveat because there is a central theme to this film. Oh, oh, and the the theme is that you can communicate with Pokemon, not in the way that our hero does with Detective Pikachu. Okay, but in the fact that they they are cleverer than most people think, and that you can reach out to them with your heart. You can reach out to them with your heart oh. and your emotions and they'll understand you and they will do things. But again, they have a symbionic society mm. that has come together and everyone talks about the magical bond between a human and a Pokemon. But when you're using the electric rat to like power <laughs> your city and maybe maybe <laughs> that rat is a person. Well, yeah, you know, it's it, worrying, isn't it? Are they people or are they like... The... It's the same with battles though. It's like, yeah, yeah like, I'll just send my pet into battle with another person's pet. That's that's some hot bullshit. I feel there's a horrifying second-class citizen thing oh, going oh, on here. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, in a way, the, the anime and, and, and the games have always inferred that Pokemon can understand people. <laughs> I'm... I, honest, honest to goodness, if... And, again, this is where we have to talk about the cowardice of the filmmakers. Oh, yeah. Because if they had, if they had the guts to do what was necessary, the plot of this movie would have been: as they uncover the mystery, they uncover a Pokemon terrorist cell who unleash a virus. The resistance. They unleash a virus which robs humanity of the ability to speak. Yes, this is the plot of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And they just say their own names. I mean, human, 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 human. <laughs> and then the, the final shot is like Pikachu holding like a new Pokeball. Oh my god! Only it's homemade. It has an H on it. <laughs> I choose you. <laughs> and it's cut to black. Smash cut, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Oh, I wish it was that now. <laughs> That's way better. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a love. Hit me up. My love is 90s superheroes. Oh, yes. I love them to bits. I can, I can get on board with this one. And uh, I, I love them almost because... Well, they're not good. No. In a terrible... Like, they're, they're pretty bad in, in many ways. They break a lot of rules mm. of design. <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes basic storytelling. And yet... And I know this is probably just the era I grew up in. And, you know, the kind of formative things that you see when you're young. But I, I do I do like a pouch. I think, I think for me, like... Because you're right, it's the formative thing. Mm. But I think, like... That's what I think a superhero is. Yeah. And that's not, like you say, that's not necessarily a good thing. (laughs) But like, the only thing that disappoints me so regularly with movie superheroes is that they are not that. Yes. They're not. And I I, I can't, I don't know where I come down on the fact that I admit some of them, if not a lot of them is shit, like outright shit, but they are superheroes Mm. through and through. Whereas, you know, a dude wearing kind of black strapped, 
kind of body armor, like SWAT team armor. That's not a superhero. I don't care if you want to make him realistic. I'm like, oh, I'm just... Because, I mean, like, the 90s is all about, like, excess. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's like Marvel, uh, this is prior to the movies, you know, they were actually on their ass kind of financially. They weren't mm. doing very well at all. Big time. But you've got, like, that progression, that evolution where, like, you draw a character in the 60s, it's very simple lines, yeah. you know. Um, Archetypal. Yeah, and like, you know, a costume is quite streamlined because that's just like the limits of the art at the time. Yeah, true, in the printing, yeah. And then you get this kind of progression where, you know, you refine, you grow, and the characters adapt and stuff. And then you get these weird trends coming in. So like in the 90s, everyone started wearing a jacket. I was going to mention this. Everyone threw on a jacket. And the thing is, is that that's still fucking great. That Classic rogue. A, yeah. Like green oh. and yellow jumpsuit with a leather bomber jacket over the top. Yeah. That is one of the most iconic looks ever. Because, yeah, for people of a certain age, like our age, something like the X-Men cartoon uh, was formative. That was, that was my first exposure to yeah. X-Men. Yeah. So when I think of... Cyclops. Yeah, he's wearing that weird. He's wearing that blue costume and that weird thing they had where he's like a full body lycra. Yeah, like but a it, but face it, free sleeve. Yeah, like, but like, but, it doesn't, but his hair was like out yeah. on top of it. So it was like, yeah, it went up his neck, around his head, around his ears. His face had a hole, but he had a band across his forehead. Yes, and then his hair would just flow out over that the top of it. Is, I I think human culture may have peaked. With the hair-free onesie, like yeah. I honestly think that's one of the finest Who, designs. Like someone came up with that. Someone was the first to do that. Find that man. Find that man and give him a medal and an egg. It might be Jim Lee. Let's find. It might be Jim Lee. It. And I just, it's like because we've been, um, we've recently been rereading the Wild Storm. Yeah. Reading the Wild Storm. Warren Ellis's stuff. Yeah. yeah. So as a bit of context, if you're not familiar, in the '90s uh, when Marvel was on its ass and DC wasn't much better. Uh, a bunch of artists broke away yeah. from Marvel and founded Image Comics. Yes. And they were the superstar artists. They were, they were the big guns that Marvel and DC couldn't afford to lose. Yes. And, and yet they did. And some might say that when they founded this new company with whole new superheroes, some might say they were mostly ripped off of the characters they liked working with. Some would definitely say that. Yeah. <laughs> some might say that Wildcats was basically X-Men. Some and would e- say that. And every character had a direct <laughs> analogue to the character they'd been ripped off. But... Uh, you had Image Comics, and then Image kind of fractured and went in separate ways. But from the kind of ruins of that, mm. you had the Wild Storm universe. Yeah. That kind of rose. So you ended up with not many teams. It didn't have, like, the thousands of characters that Marvel's, Marvel had. Yeah. But you had Wildcats. Yep. You had Stormwatch. Yes. And one of my personal favorites. You had Youngblood, which is one that nobody talks about now. That was Rob Liefeld's one. Yeah, yeah. So bad. Because it's got blood in the title, so of course you know it's yeah. his. But you had like these very uh, tight group of characters. And then Warren Ellis, yeah. an amazing writer, comes in. And he took these characters that nobody really cared about that much. Like they had a bit, they had a following, but no one thought they were especially good. Yeah. And he and he and he became the architect of this very like focused, condensed, because he had fewer characters to work with. He made this amazing kind of shared universe. Yeah, he made it his own as well, didn't he? Very much. And it was this idea of, like, superheroes, but adult superheroes. Yes. So the idea that, like, they're very... And that's where we get this kind of now, this idea, which we see in the Avengers, where, like, superheroes can be, like, a branch of the military. Yes. Like, they work for S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever. Yeah. So you had Stormwatch... Like, corporational superheroes sometimes. Yeah. And it it was so cool. And... And it's interesting that now he's doing the Wild Storm, where he's revisiting these characters, and it's very, very modern, very Up to date, so realistic, tech like, savvy, like spot on. Yeah, but it's making me so nostalgic for the days of uh, the nineties. Yeah, there's something about him. Like we talked about the jacket over skin tight lycra. That is a killer look. Excellent look. 
the, the obsession with straps and pouches. Bandoliers. Bandoliers everywhere. Like Cyclops <laughs> had that yellow one across his chest with and pouches on it. he looked so cool. Yeah. And what did he keep in those pouches? Like like contact lenses? I have no... <laughs> I have no... <laughs> That's what makes a lot of sense. One contact lens. I have no idea. One and, massive contact lens. <laughs> and then you have the character of Grifter. Yeah. In the Wildcats. And I honestly feel... And if you're not familiar with him, Google him. Yeah. I, I honestly feel that Grifter is one of the greatest superhero designs ever. Mm. And the reason for that is uh, his costume is the utmost, it's the simplest thing you could have. It's like distilled. And still call it a costume. And yet it's instantly mm. identifiable. Yes. And he literally just has a handkerchief tied around his face. Yeah. It's a weird Apologies. kind of... Oh, it's a phone in this uh, studio. Uh, professionals. It's, it's a weird kind of thing that would never exist in real life, where he has a hanky, which he can tie around his face, and it leaves his hair uncovered and covers the front of his face, and yet it has eye holes. That's right. Which perfectly... Yeah. Line up. And they're like that, that... And when he puts it on, his eyes are just white. Yeah, and, somehow. And, and he's got like these kind of black markings around, and it's one of the coolest looking things in the world. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't it matter cool. what he's wearing underneath. He just looks great. I think, I th- I feel like we've gone through like superheroes on in movies and TV, and we've learned some things. Marvel have learned some things, but maybe not as much as I would like. And I think there is a gap for true superheroes on on TV and movies. Mm. I, th- I think I think we haven't yet had that moment where I look at I, I'm watching stuff because there were some moments in like Endgame and Infinity War and some of the Avengers movies where I've been like I can't believe I'm watching this but those moments only come not when the story is realistic not when the story is like grounded or making sense or doing a really clever sci-fi thing those movies come when it feels like the comics yeah like there's a moment in Age of Ultron and, and maybe a lot of people just glossed over this and it's they're fighting at the very very beginning in this sort of snowy forest and they all leap across and they're all in line for a split second and you can tell Tell Joss Whedon was thinking like a double page spread yeah. when he shot that, and, and and I I like giggled when I saw that moment, and it's like that was a superhero moment, and then it was gone, and and then when we were back in a gritty realistic world, and it's great, I love those movies, don't get me wrong, but every now and then it's just like I can't believe I'm watching this, and it's like I feel like they could do it, they could do it one day, we could get the rogue bomber jacket, we could mm. get the grifter face mask on a TV screen, and they're cowards. It's going back to this again. Yeah. They they think we can't. We can't put someone in an outfit like that because it will look ridiculous. That's what they think. I mean, I, I could talk. I could. I could do a whole hate on this, but it drives me. It drives me mad when they 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 get so close and they yeah. back away. It's like everything that made that character recognizable, but and then they, they 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 veer off at the last yeah. minute and they just kind of miss it. And you can guarantee, like if they if they turn grifter into a real life character now they'd somehow find a way to make his mask boring oh yeah it would be like a helmet or something it would yeah. just be like a SWAT team mask or something like yeah. that you know just be painted red and yeah Hawkeye is a brilliant example like they weren't bold enough to make Hawkeye purple in the very first time we ever saw him which was the Avengers movie um, but he had some purple on his suit yeah. well that's gone now he's just yeah. in black now they're all wearing black. Basically are. I mean, I was really glad that Endgame brought Cap's colour back into his suit. Yeah. Because Infinity War, I was like, what is but happening? But even, so, even then... The colour's dull. It is a very dull colour. Oh, and yeah, he doesn't yeah. have the white and red kind of I stripes. I think he does actually have ah, them. But he, right. there was barely a shot that you could see him. And I know, like, Age of Ultron is not a perfect movie. No. At all. I really enjoy it, though. I love it. I have a lot of affinity for it. Like, every time I watch it, it gives me a little bit more. I watched it recently. Yeah. And I think... I, the thing is, is like... 
the the end of that movie, and this isn't a spoiler to say this because you should have seen this by now. Really, um, yeah. they're lifting a city into the sky only yeah. to drop it down again. That's comic books. That's it's stupid, but it's powerfully stupid. And, and I've heard people yeah. say like that's so fucking ridiculous. That's what I don't like about Ultron. I'm like, well, what are you in this for? Because like that's what I'm in this for. I'm in for cities being lifted out of the ground. That's what I'm. That's what I come to these movies yeah. for. You know. Oh my god, and and just like, I think Cap's costume in. Age of Ultron is really good. Yeah, yeah, I like it yeah it's, it's good. Yeah. It's like they became ashamed of being colourful. Yeah. And and maybe that's why I like 90s comics, because they were never ashamed. Now, maybe they should have had some self-awareness. <laughs> maybe they should have been ashamed. There, there was a definite <laughs> lack of self-awareness, but God damn it, they did everything And I think it's right that we should mention that there's some there's some hefty sexism in there yeah. with, with how women are depicted, and, 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 and we're not glorifying that. you know. But, but then again, like our, we've both said that one of our favourite female superhero outfits is rogues and mm. that's not really sexualized to be honest i mean it's form-fitting obviously but like there's not excess flesh on display there that like, she's fully covered and wearing a jacket it's like the um it's, it's kind of weird because yeah you're right there's a lot the, the nudity was not reciprocated like <laughs> you know across the, between, gen, between the gender genders. divide yeah. yeah but like the we joke about the how bad some of the artwork got in the 90s but the musculature yeah. was like Off nothing else. That's yeah. kind of like when I dabbled with drawing yeah. in my youth. That's kind of like where I learned to draw musculature. Yeah. So you're just like, oh, let's throw in, let's throw in a muscle let's there. Let's add a muscle. What is that? I don't oh, know. What's that? Fuck muscle, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when I tense this one, my body becomes rigid. <laughs> Utterly rigid. Fully full of blood. Um, uh, oh, God. God God bless him. Like, God bless him, everyone. You can't, you can't go back. No. But I'll always love a grifter. Oh yeah. So I know. Um. Uh. I think uh, it's only it's only fitting given the effort he's put into this episode <laughs> that uh, Chris Ray should uh, bring the last love. Yeah. Well, here it is. Well, thanks again, John or Nick. Um. My love this week is learning a new skill. Uh, I recently went on a cookery course. Uh. Called Taste of Thai. Uh, I learned to do a, a very nice pad thai. Uh. And I've cooked it at home since. So I was quite pleased with myself about that. Um. Other skills could range anything from rollerblading to drawing, as I know Nick is very talented at, or writing, as John, I know you're very talented at, or learning to use the new voice recording app on one's new phone. I mean, any new skill is a skill learned, and it's something that should be precious to you, our listener, just as you are to me. <laughs> and in a perfect world, we then segue into our sponsor this week, <laughs> Skillshare. Oh, yeah. We're not sponsored. No. Our sponsor this week is Rollerblades. Oh, Rollerblades. Sh- try them out. <laughs> That's their tagline. Smash cut. It's it, 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 it's a, a gnarly uh, rollerblade, like a skate skate ring. What does where do people skate? <laughs> skate park. It's a gnarly skate park. What do those cool kids do? And there's a boring man walking by. And they, he's in a suit with a briefcase. And they push him over. He's like, oh no. Oh, and, those skaters. And then this this kid looks him in the eye, and he's wearing a bomber jacket. And he goes, yeah. Yeah. And then he he, go, he doesn't go, he does a sick flip. And as he as he spins through the air, he, what's that in his hand? It's a scumby bar. Oh yeah! <laughs> and, and, he takes, <laughs> and he takes a big bite of scumby. I <laughs> go, yeah. Oh, big bite of scumby yeah. isn't a phrase I like at all. No, like that's not a, that's not got a nice ear feel. <laughs> 
pick up pick up a scumby pick up a scumby bar at all good news agents pick up a scumby if you can <laughs> you'll find it under it's under the grot it's hard because they're super dense so they're very heavy they're very dense and they're also very slippery yeah which is a weird combination of things to be super heavy and super slippery and they always come in five packs which is like <laughs> it's, it's just a really you always end up with like a leftover scumby in your fridge yeah they do have a carry handle but it's always broken <laughs> What's, what the weirdest thing about scumby bars is that they, they're they're stored and shipped in the same manner as sausages. <laughs> they're all chained yeah. on. You can only buy a chain of scumbies. Are they packaged but chained? No, it's or you, they're raw. It's, it's really interesting because one of the primary mistakes that somebody new to eating a scumby bar bars you don't really eat one, you don't really eat one. You can't. Like, <laughs> you, you you might think that um, they're only arranged in a string of sausage fashion by the packaging, but no, there is actually a very long animal tendon. <laughs> oh my god. I actually heard it was like an umbilical cord. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, no. Uh, that that and in fact, whenever you pick up a scumby, it is actually still connected to the factory that it came oh, from. There's no way of really no. severing that. And once you start on the scumby experience, you're just part of a human chain, really. Oh. <laughs> scumby, chow on down. <laughs> <laughs>